thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, we're in this series uh, called Driven by Joy. Let me give you just kind of my heart with it, and then we'll pray again. but here's, here's kind of what happened for me. Um, I just, I started, just in my prayer time, I started to feel like one of the things that God uh, has to mark our church is joy. And so as I read the scriptures, I see so much joy in the people of God. And there's so many times um, that we see joy as a response, joy as a motive. And so I'm not saying that the only, mo- only motive when we say driven by joy or joy-driven is joy. I'm not saying it's the only one, but I do think it's a significant one. And I do think it's one that the Christian church needs right now. Because I, I believe that if people don't see joy in the Christian church, I think if, pe- if, I think if people out there don't see that we have a supernatural joy and life, I think, I think that we fail them. And I think that it's easy for us to allow what causes us to be alive and have uh, excitement or even happiness to be just like the culture. And I think that we're going to go through trials and difficulties. And I think that it's so pivotal that we are joy-driven. So obviously in the 90s, you know, it got popular to be purpose-driven. I, I want us to be joy-driven. I think that that's significant. And so uh, we took that, that parable where it's the idea of uh, where Jesus tells the parable. And he says, then he went and in his joy, he sold all he had and he bought the field. And that's the motive. That was the reason. It was, he's driven by joy. So that song that we sang, it's my joy to give my life and find it in Jesus Christ. That's because that's what we're going after in this series. So at a youth conference, we sing a song over and over again to get that value in the heart of the kids, right? So we sang that we will follow song. So I told Katie, hey, I want to sing a song week after week after week that gets in us what we're trying to go after. And really that little anthem right there is what I'm going after in this series. It's my joy to give my life and I find it in Jesus Christ. So when I, when I, so we talked in week one about the joy of salvation. So we went back to Psalm 51 and restore unto me the joy of salvation. So Anyway, I'm going to start preaching. I'm going to go so long today. I got, this is going to take forever. Now I'm preaching sermons from former weeks. But, 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 <laughs> but that idea was my salvation alone brings joy. Yes. Like just the fact that I am a f- part of the fellowship of the redeemed. And so what we just celebrated a moment ago, even as we were taking communion, that is the, that's, the, that's the story of my life. The story of my life is that Jesus saved me. So even though we have a culture where in movies they mock Christians or in movies you find kind of a silliness about, well, you know, I find it in Jesus. Oh no, that's us. We are those people. We are those people that our whole life we've, we've found joy in, in who Jesus is, right? And then last week we talked about the idea of, of really joy in relationships. So it's that idea of comrades on the journey. And so Paul talks about how he found joy in people that were on the same journey with him. And so that's what we went after last week, talked about joy through gospel-driven relationships, uh, which I love. And, and I think that's one of the things I'm aiming for on Sundays. 
I'm aiming for on Sundays where you see people that they're on mission with you and there's joy because of the relationships. And I think that's significant. And so uh, today I want to go after, uh, get ready. I want to go after joy and suffering. Uh, I want to go, yeah, welcome to church, everybody. And uh, you're like, oh, we picked the wrong day. Get some more caffeine going. Everybody just took a sip. Uh, I want to, I want to go after, uh, when you and I go through trials and difficulties and we will, my my dream is, is that we could look like the Christian church in acts, that we could look like what Jesus called us to, where we actually have joy in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering. And one of my sadnesses is when I feel like, um, church attenders or Jesus labeled people, according to people in the world, see us go through circumstance and we're angry and bitter and frustrated when we go through hard times just like they are. So there's nothing attractive about us. There's nothing different about us. So then they'll, they'll negate even your witness because you're just like them or I'm just like them. And so we want to dig in on being kind of joy driven when we go through suffering. And so that's what we're going to go after today. Uh, Let me give you a few verses here to start us. We'll go back to Philippians again, and we'll pray one more time. Uh, Philippians 3.1, it says this, furthermore, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's commanded. So there's the command. He does it again in 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. So it's a command. We'll just lock in with that. Joy is not optional. Sometimes we think, oh, I'll tell you what, you have the spiritual gift of joy. Oh, wait a minute. That's not a gift. That's an evidence, or we use the word in Christianity, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you can't look at your spouse and say, you get to be joyful because that's your gift. Oh no, all of us are commanded to be joyful. All right, 1 Thessalonians 1, 6. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. So God... The Holy Spirit takes up residency in me. And so I have joy in severe suffering. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia. And Achaia. Is that how you say that, Dad? Achia. Achacha. Anyway, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. And uh, we thank you for the privilege and the joy to be the people of God, celebrating the risen Savior on a Sunday morning. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in us. And we ask that in these precious weeks where we talk about being driven by joy, that it would truly be our confession. It's my joy to give my life and find it in Jesus Christ. That it would be our joy to go and sell all we have in order to buy the field. We pray, make us a joyful people as we go through trials, difficulty, sickness, hurt, rejection, in Jesus' name, amen. I talked to a, a friend in our church this week, um, and I found myself in tears on the phone as we talked through the, uh, the doctor's report. And, you know, tough guy, man's man. He, uh, he was fine. I was in tears. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm praying with him, and I found myself just um, so impressed with the joy in him in the trial. And then I talked this week um, with another man that his was not sickness, but he's a man's man, tough guy, drives a big truck, works out all the time, loves to, I mean, tough guy. And yet he was talking to me about um, the loneliness that he feels and the desire that he has for Christian camaraderie. And, and he actually said, I, I hear you talk about your dad and all the time. And I, 
I, I, want, um, I want to be celebrated like that. I, I wish, so he's, he's, you know, quite a bit younger than me, but he says he's, he's working hard to disciple his kids and he's, he's incredible, incredible. Um, but he's like, I, I, I feel lonely. And I, and I found myself um, listening to his pain um, about this idea of loneliness and some of the other things that he was facing in kind of his extended family. And, and I could feel his pain. Um, I sat and had a meal this week with a family that uh, she is going into um, the hospital this week. And uh, it's a big surgery and, and they, they need a miracle from God. And, um, and, and, and I just this week just had story after story of, of people that are in the midst of pain. And that's, that's how all of us are. All of us um, would say that there are people in our lives and then all of us could look at our own life and know that there's real pain, there's real trials, there's real difficulty. And that when we talk about being driven by joy, we're not talking about a kind of a, a, a cheesy, uh, fake, little smiley, pretend game on Sundays, right? That's not really what we're aiming at. And I think that some people will be critical and they'll say, you know, I don't want to be that. And I, I, the way, when they would hear joy driven, they would identify kind of a plasticky, um, kind of Ronald McDonald, kind of dressed up, smile, fake kind of thing. Um, and I'm not aiming at that. I'm aiming at real joy. And so my, my, my title, I, my subject is, is, is real joy in my pain. Real joy in my pain, knowing that you're facing real pain. So I'm not pretending that you're not, and it's not an outer shell or an outer skin of fake pretend smiliness in the midst of where internally there's actual uh, pain. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about actually identifying that you can have real sorrow and real pain, uh, so real sorrow and real joy at the same time. So even in the midst of whatever you're walking through, that it, that it actually is sorrowful. It actually is difficult. And Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 6.10. He says, I'm sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. So I, I hold both of them. Jesus was this. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all of his companions. And Isaiah 53 says he was a, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. So to say that we're joy-driven is not the absence of sorrow, but it is to say that we are fully aware of what we're walking through that's difficult and a trial and challenging and the physical pain or the, the financial debt or the broken relationship, yet at the same time, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Yeah. Going through the trial, going through the difficult, difficulty, but always rejoicing. So I first want to hit this. Uh, I think one of the things we need to understand is that... Um, there is an expectation that you will go through pain and trials. And I, I know that's kind of elementary, but let's just start there. Because I think that living in the United States of America, it's easy for me to think that my life should be just getting better and better and better. And, and, I, and I should just uh, accrue more things and, 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 and maybe my life should just get better and better. And Jesus told us otherwise. My first idea is this, uh, my, my pain was promised. And so Jesus looked at his disciples and he actually said, um, in this life, you will have trouble but take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus said in John 15, he said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. All right, Paul looked at young Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 2, and he said, the way that he says, the, <laughs> the way that he invites him to come and do ministries, he says, join with me in suffering. Welcome to ministry, everybody. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier. Now, if they had said that to me, that's not what they said to me at the youth conference where I said, I'll be a pastor, right? Right, but... 
But in reality, here's how Paul says, hey, join with me in suffering like a good soldier. And I just want to look at you because I think that that's significant for us to hear Pastor Paul, old man, and when he invites Timothy into ministry, and I'm inviting you into ministry. (laughs) I'm inviting every single one of you, whatever God's call is on your life, our dream is that you would step into ministry. So our dream is absolutely that you would be here on a Sunday and that all week long between Sundays, you are in ministry doing what God's called you to do. And in that, join with me in suffering, right? Join with me in being a good soldier. But Peter says it this way, and this is the one I really want to lean into. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised. That's, that, I think some of us are surprised. Do, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But here's our word, rejoice. Inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Do not be surprised as if something strange is happening to you. I, this is, I think this is hard for us because I think it's easy for me to believe, hey, if I can get the, the, the car to get better and I can get, keep, maybe I could watch another masterclass online to solve my next relational problem or my next financial problem. Maybe I can find a way for my life to keep getting better and better and better and better and better. And I'm a self-starter and I'm a leader or I'm an endurer or or you put your your strength on me. I can find out a way and it's easy for us to think life's going to get better and better and better. And and then the balloon is popped. The bubble is popped when you face a trial or a difficulty. And here's Peter and he says, don't be surprised. Don't think it's strange when you go through trials and difficulty. So you may live in a culture that puts movies in front of you that says, this is the way. And whatever you put in front of you, you start to form ideas around. And most of us stream so often. Most of us are so aware of entertainment that we don't realize that the narrative that we're putting in front of us is is constantly whatever other people decide they want to put in front of you. And every single story that you're putting into your eyes is forming an idea, a set of ideas. And so many of us, buy into those those false ideas. But here's Peter and he's saying, okay, Jesus told us that we would go through hardship, suffering, trouble. I want you to know, you should expect it when you're going through where these guys are actually being persecuted in in a dynamic way, a powerful way for their faith. And I just want to invite us to just believe it. Okay. This is, this is, this is, I'm not going to be surprised by it. It's not going to catch me off guard. When my son Justice was little, we loved to wrestle, right? That's what we do. And when Justice is face-to-face and I know for sure he's coming at me and he's an elementary kid, I could take him. Not so much now. He's taller than me at only 13. It's very painful. It's actually one of the wounds I have is that both my boys, before they're even teenagers, they're taller than me. But anyway, and uh, so, so I'm not sure that if we were to go face-to-face right now, I mean, I think I could take him, all right? But, but as an elementary kid, If I was face to face with him and I knew he was coming at me, man, I got him. I could take him. But if he surprised me, came running, pretending to be Batman and flew at me, which let's just pretend that happened. uh, It surprised me. It takes me out, right? Like I did go to the hospital with one of my boys and he was fine. And I had to go to the hospital. Like that, that dynamic of surprise is real, right? So, so if it's a surprise, it can take you out. And, And some of us if you, th- if you don't know what's coming, if you don't know, if you're not aware of it, then, and you think my life's going to just get, it's going to be easy. It's going to get better. 
then it can, it can take you out. So don't be surprised. I just want to start with that. And the second idea is I want you to get this. My pain, and I'm just saying, I know, I know that's kind of gritty to say my pain and talk about pain so much today, but I just want to identify. I want you to take what you're actually going through. So you're not just like, okay, David's talking on a stage today, but you're actually identifying what is the pain that I, that I'm, that I struggle with, the actual thing I, I, I could, where you can name it, okay? And then you say, okay, in my pain, uh, I, Jesus said I would go through pain. I would go through struggles and trials. We, we read it in Peter. We read it in Paul. It's in the word of God. I, I, I'm, this is not a surprise to God. Shouldn't be a surprise to me. All right, and here's the next one. My pain has purpose. Now, this is a hard one for us, but listen to the good God in the way he talks in Romans 8. I just want you to see this. And we know that in all things, all things, all things, all things. We know that in all things, all things, surely not all things. We know that in all things, God works. Oh, God. So God didn't just set up the world and walk away. No, God's at work. Okay. So we know that in all things, God works for the good. Woo, good. Good things. Yeah, God works for good of those who love him. Ooh. That's, that's, now that, that, that phrase right there, of those who love him. Got to insert that. Because it, it's a participation with him. It's a relationship with him. So... So what does it look like for me to love him who have been called according to his purpose? Okay, famous verse. Many of us know this one. But here, here he's saying, all right, in whatever you're going through, whatever trial, whatever difficult, in all things, God works for the good and God's at work. God will be at work. Here's the question. Will you participate with him? Will you be the Christian that loves him with all your heart where you're taking each trial, each difficulty and say, God, be at work in this trial. God, have your way in this difficulty. God, I'm your friend. I love you. You are my first love. So even though I face this valley of the shadow of death, even though I face this pain, even though these people rejected me, even though that person annoys me, even though this debt is right here, even though this house roof fell in, even name it. Even though I'm going through that, okay, God, be at work. Somehow you'll use all things for good. So sometimes we face trials and this is hard to hear. Sometimes it's God's will for you to go through something hard. <gasps> Impossible. Huh? I mean, sometimes I'm not saying every time. Sometimes I think it's just, you have free will. God gave you free will. You make choices. Sometimes it's probably natural law. God has creation. And if you, if you only drink Mountain Dew, you will have troubles and trials. <laughs> if, if you drive 90 miles an hour on Metcalf, you're gonna have some trials, baby. Right? It's just, you can, why? Because you're gonna hit something. You're gonna, right? And so God created the world in such a way. I think, I, and, I, and I think undoubtedly, we did a whole series on spiritual warfare. I think undoubtedly the enemy is after us. I think we're in a real spiritual battle. In fact, just if you write the next chapter after that, 1 Peter 4, you've got that, you've got, you've got uh, Peter's talking about how the enemy comes after you like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So, so there's, there's, there's real dynamics and God can be at work in all things. So we tend to just think, my life should be like one of those toys that we, you know, you pull the string and there's wah, 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 everything goes well. And it's not. You face real trials and here's God. He wants to 
This should encourage us. He wants to be at work for your good. You love him in even the darkest trials, no matter how it got there. No no matter what you're facing, no matter what issue, no matter what challenge. And I was uh, listening to a man in his 60s this week talk about a trial where he has this um, chronic back pain. And he said, this is this phrase, I took care of my body. I ate healthy. I exercised. And you could feel it, the angst. Why am I in such pain every day? And then he said, and I'm choosing to believe that even in that pain, in all things, is it challenging? Yes. But maybe God is at work. And maybe God will somehow, even though I can't see it, use it for good. So if you can know this, there's a good God. And no matter how, what, what, what variable, what cause got you to a place where you're going through a trial, he can use it for good. Sometimes I think God looks at us as a father and, and wants to use whatever trial, just like a father wants to use anything to help us get stronger. I think Jesus actually talked about um, using, thing, using trials like he's pruning us, right? That John 15 text, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it can be even more fruitful. So you could be going through a trial, a difficulty where God is wanting to prune you. <laughs> I don't wanna be pruned. Pruning's painful. Yeah, but, but it, it was promised that you were gonna go through trials. It, it, how are you gonna respond to it? Hebrews 12 says this, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you, God is treating you as children. For what child, uh, what children are not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined uh, and everyone goes under discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons, daughters at all. More, moreover, we have all had human fathers and discipl- and who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of, spirit, of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. There's that word, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Here's what I want you to get. I think there's times where you are in a spiritual battle and the enemy comes after you. And even though you're under the enemy's attack, I think God in his goodness can turn it all around. He can be at work. I think, you, I think sometimes we have broken bodies, broken, and, it, and it's painful to go through. It's challenging. And somehow in the midst of that pain, God can be at work. I, I think it's possible that even when, when you, in your free will, have made terrible choices, God can take ashes and make something beautiful. I, I think that sometimes God wants, we, we take him on and we say, I'm a follower of Jesus. And sometimes he's like, hey, let me help you. I'm gonna give you this little trial, but I'm teaching you humility. I, I want you to learn. I, I want you to learn how to believe in eternity. I want that to get stronger in your life. I want you to be more dependent on me instead of dependent on your bank, bank account. I think that there's times where God is saying, I'm gonna help you get strong. So, so that each one of us then can grow and get closer to God, even in the pain. I think all of us know this principle. If, you're, if, if, you're an ed, if you've gone through education, you know. Sometimes you go through the test, you gotta study hard, but it's helping your knowledge base, right? 
For those of you that are big weightlifters, you know, you, you even say this. You'll be, you'll be curling and you'll be going through and it's, it's painful, but you don't say this is painful. You go, ooh, that feels good, right? I always hear it. Ooh, yeah, right there, right there. Ooh, feels good, right? It's actually a lie. It does not feel good. <laughs> feels awful. But to the weightlifter, they're saying it feels good because they know that it's building a muscle, right? So sometimes you go through this pain, this trial, this difficulty, and if you only see this life, it's crazy to say this pain is somehow God is at work. But if you believe in eternity, and if you believe in a God who is at work, that's see a bigger story. That faith will enable you to say, I trust God through the midst of this pain, through the midst of this trial. And I want to encourage you that your pain, third idea is this, your pain is not permanent. That's the good news for the Christian. That's the good news for the Christian life. In the culture, if my circumstances don't work out, then my life didn't work out. But for the Christian, my circumstances may or may not work out, but my life has worked out because of Jesus. So I'm identified with the suffering servant who went to a cross for me and for the joy set before him endured the cross. For me, I have eternal life with him. What's up now? I, I, I may go through a hard season, but I have eternal glory coming. So 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. That's a celebration of, hey, this, this, this life is not forever. My, this life on the planet. But with Jesus, I, I'm going to get a new body. I'm going to be with him forever. And for the Christian, we're able to celebrate that. For the Christian, that enables us to go through the trial because we're not thinking the short haul, we're thinking the long haul. We're, we're not thinking the short term, we're thinking the eternal term. So these years, it, it, it might not all work out for you circumstantially, but you have Jesus, it's worked out well for you. And so you've got a future hope. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila, author from the Middle Ages, she said, in light of heaven, the worst suffering on earth will be seen to be no more serious than one night in an inconvenient hotel. Which, I don't know your most inconvenient hotel. Mine was in India. I'll never forget it, right? It was awful. It was, I, I slept I used my clothes as sheets and it was terrible, it was, but it was one night. I can make jokes about it now. I couldn't then. And then I, was, I had a friend of mine that, and he knew what he was doing and he, had, he was up running with his smartwatch and his little coffee maker the next day and he slept well and he had the right gear and he was like, how'd you sleep? And I was like, yeah, like I had the worst night of my life. All right, but now I can laugh about it. Right now it's like, oh, it's one night, right? I want you to think about what's that, what's the, what, that one night, worst night, but you're past it. When you think about how long eternity is, then you can think there is joy forthcoming. Yeah. Psalm 30, weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Amen. I got a future day coming. The criminal on the cross, I just love that story. Right there on the cross, last in his dying breath. His, you would say his circumstances in life didn't work out, right? But Jesus, today you'll be with me in paradise. At, literally right there at the end. 
And what happens? He steps over that line into eternity going, ay, 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 ay. Oh, it turned out good. What's up? Yo, Jesus. Thank God, right? And I'm just encouraging you with that. I just want to encourage you that it's, it's not permanent. It, you, do have, you do have the bright hope for the Christian in eternity. My pain is a future platform. Paul says this, Philippians 1. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, I just like that phrase, what has happened to me, has actually served to advance the gospel. Philippians 1.12. Wait, well, just listen to the way he says it. What has happened to me, okay, circumstance, but it's actually served to advance the gospel. God, the big God, the God who is all powerful, the God who takes broken, hard situations and his top guy, who's the apostolic face of the Christian church gets thrown into a prison and God uses him to just, I don't know, write two thirds of the New Testament, help reach help reach the prison guard, right? I just like this phrase because if you can get that picture of the way that Paul talks about it, all right? This has happened to me. This is hard. But somehow God used this pain for good. And it's so hard to imagine when you're in it because how could there be any good if I'm in prison and I can't go preach and I can't go do the things and I don't know and this. And yet, okay, God, in the midst of this prison cell of pain, what is the thing I can do? Help me see it, reframe it, help me see it so that I don't even know how you'll use this to advance the gospel, but I know that you will. So it's possible for in your flesh to be losing and yet Jesus' eternal plan to be winning. It's possible for my plans my agenda, my finance, my body, my something to be losing. But somehow Jesus at work in a bigger picture than we can see, he's winning. This is the phrase that Joseph says, right? Joseph, ah, I was the promised most favorite son and now I'm thrown in a pit. Ah, now I'm thrown into being a slave in Egypt? No. What? No. Now I'm a prisoner in Egypt? I am losing. And then in a moment, God used him, exalts the whole story of Joseph, and he looks at his brothers and says, mm, well, what, what was meant for evil, God used. For, he's, he's got a bigger story. And sometimes we see it on earth. Sometimes we look back and go, wow, God. I, what? Sometimes I think we'll look back at heaven and go, whew, God, you were at work for my good when I, someone who loved you, trusted you, for God uses all things for good. Oh, I can't, I'm, but I'm, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. My trust is in you. I can be in a prison cell. In Rome for Paul or in Egypt with Joseph and God will use it. So like that's one of the reasons Renata and I wanted to have Jossie Stern at Flourish. We've been friends with them for 23 years 
And we walked with them in a very significant hard time where they lost their daughter. And, uh, and, and to watch Aaron and Jossie right after Bergen was born, go through the pain of losing their daughter and then um, use that moment to try to grieve rightly, get close to God and then help other people um, grieve as they go through pain. And, and God's used it for years. Um, and I think, that, I think that each one of you could start to say that the most painful experience that, you've, that you have, that trial, God, all right, how can, how can you, how, even now, what feels like ashes, how can you use it? How can, how can I give you my yes and start to see God work? Um, I think some of the most successful small groups at Radiant Church were people that turned their pain into a platform. And I'm using platform in a good word. I know you could use it in, in a bad way, but turn their pain into a platform to proclaim Jesus to hurting people. So one of our best small groups was people that their marriage had a lot of fighting about finances and then they found freedom, God used it, and they started to help other people with finance. Uh, a, a young man who had struggled with sexual addiction and then he found freedom and then he started a small group to help other men get victorious in that area of their lives. And so what once was this prison cell and, God, and then God worked and now they're using it to help. I think Hal and Debbie, I mean, their small group was one of the best parenting small groups ever. And I would just say it's because of pain. I mean, 81 hours of labor, that's a lot of pain, right, mom? Come on. I mean, they accidentally had triplets, everybody. But then God used that pain. <laughs> I'm kidding, kind of. Um, but but I, I, I'm saying it sarcastically, but in some ways, that's a, that, that, that was a, it's, a lot of goods come from it, but it can be challenging. <laughs> that's a lot of diapers, everybody. You know, like, that's a real season. So then identifying, okay, God. Would you be at work? And, you, and I want to invite you to try to identify that. What are the places where you could say, here's where God's been with me in my pain in the past, and I want to flip it. I want to use it to advance the gospel. And I'll just close with this idea. I know I went through a lot today, but I think this is a big one for us because I think all of us, we're, we keep our pain close and we protect it and we want to fight for it. And don't you dare talk to me about it because truthfully, it, it becomes our identity more than joy in Christ is our identity. We identify ourselves with our pain instead of identifying ourselves with our Lord. And I wanna invite us to just, okay, Jesus, you can be at work in my pain. Last one is this, the famous one. My pain can become a privilege. That seems impossible for us as Americans. Paul said this way in Philippians 3, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I, uh, I taught this to thousands of teenagers one time and um, I stopped right there. I just said, I want to know Christ. And I just screamed that for like an hour. And, you know, like, and I just hit it hard. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. And then I took it, you know, to 
for them. I was like, I want to know Christ in the seventh grade. I want to know Christ in the eighth grade. I want to know Christ. In, I want to know Christ on the football field. I want to know Christ in the sky. I, mean, I just, I just, I want to know Christ. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was brilliant. Um, one of my friends is a missionary, uh, spent his life living on less in order to take the gospel to people that have never heard. He was in the room and, um, I thought he was old because he was, you know, 40. And uh, he walked up to me and he's kind of got that, he's, he's kind of got a snarl to him. He's a tough guy. And he walked up to me and he goes, David, you didn't finish the verse. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is the moment where you tell me that was good. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's, it's only like 90 seconds after the whole session's over. And he's like, no, 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 you go back up there. Go to finish the verse. I was like, come on, man. Lights everywhere. And he said, uh, David, all you did up there is you told all these boys here. He just talked about the boys. You told all these boys here and they got syrup in their hair and they got girl jeans on. <laughs> you just said, I want to know Christ. He goes, we do want to know Christ. And we want to know the power of his resurrection. And we want to fellowship and participate with his suffering. You got to get the suffering. And I was like, ah, oh. you know. He's like, if you don't get the suffering, you don't get as much joy given all, given everything. He's like, I get it. I think you got to get, but you got to finish the sermon. So I was 29, so I was like, all right, guys, I got one more thing. Gotta pray. I didn't even know what I meant, what it, what, how to say it. But I think, I think sometimes I was, that's how I preached in my 20s. I think that's easy to do even now. I'll, I'll take this part. I don't wanna finish the verse. I don't wanna finish that verse. I, 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 and participate. Participate in suffering. I was watching this um, video by Jim Caviezel who was talking about um, playing Jesus in the Passion for the Christ and how injured he was just in being the actor on the cross, but he talked about the joy of just that little role of participation, of getting to show the world Jesus um, and how small his pain compared to Christ's pain. How small as we are just a little, we just got a one shot, one chance, one opportunity. And I think if we could just lock in with this, it's my joy. Jesus, the joy of salvation, it's changed me. Jesus, the joy of these relationships and even to participate with him in suffering, to identify with Christ I'm identifying myself with Jesus more than in identifying myself with a, my own dream, my own culture, my own hope from this life. I've connected it. I've hitched my wagon to eternity. And so, Jesus, it's my joy to even participate with you in suffering. Will you bow your heads with me?
you just take a moment and would you just say, Jesus, I give you this area of pain in my life. Would you name one area, one broken relationship, one area of debt, one physical uh, pain in your body, one person that's a friend of yours that's hurting. And would you just say, God, will you give me supernatural joy? Help me to rejoice in suffering. It takes God at work for it to actually happen. Because if my life is about my circumstance on earth, I could never actually think this way. you're in the room or online today, there might be some of you that you are currently in suffering and in pain. And the good news, the glorious news, the joyous news of the gospel can change your life. There is one, his name is Jesus. And a relationship with him can actually give you supernatural joy. So the dead end joys, the dead end happinesses, the dead end pleasures of the planet that can't produce what you're made for. If you'll, if you'll stop pursuing that and instead halt and give your life to Christ, he will give you his joy. Christ takes up residency in you and he gives you joy in whatever pain you're walking through. We at Radiant Church have decided to follow Jesus. And you may be in this room today and you don't even know how you got here. Or you could be someone that it, there used to be a day where you were a follower. But if today you say, I want to be a follower of Jesus, in just a moment, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say yes. Here's what I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not gonna take you to a little space behind the curtain. Here's what, I, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna pray with you right there at your seat. And I'm gonna let you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And the Bible says, and you will be saved. So I am asking that you would just in a moment raise your hand as a witness of saying, I'm in. It's your way of saying, I'm, I'm gonna take a step and I wanna follow Jesus. And I wanna lead you in that prayer in just a moment. But if that's you, just at your seat, when I count to three, we'll just slip out your hand for just a second. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. Okay. Good, okay. And will you just pray this prayer? Now, this isn't all that you say to Jesus. Your whole life becomes talking to him but this is a first conversation. Would you just say this, Jesus, save me. I give you my life. Make me a new person. I wanna follow you. Be my friend, be my Lord, be my savior. I turn from my way and I go yours. I give you everything in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, let's all stand together. Nathan, will you bring me one of those Bibles over there? Hey, uh, 
If you made that decision to follow Jesus, we want to tell you that it's our joy <laughs> to go on the journey with you. And um, I want to encourage you in just a moment, we'll have uh, the prayer team come forward. And if you want to, you don't have to, but if you want to, some of my good friends that I love and trust are right up here. And it'd be great for you to come up and just say, I made that decision to follow Jesus. And we would love to help you go on the journey. You can fill out in our app, on our website. There's actually on that connection card on your seat, there's a place where you can check a box right there. Let us know and you can drop, you can leave, you can drop that in the bucket or you can take it to the info booth and just let us know that you've made the decision to follow Jesus. It would be our joy and our delight to go on that journey with you. Uh, hey, Radiant, let's give a big hand to everybody that just made that decision to follow Jesus. Yep, come on. Then we also have this Bible for you, uh, this New Believers Bible. Uh, Renata and I think this is a, a great Bible to help you on your journey as you get started as a follower. All right, everybody, here we go. I wanna take a moment. I just wanna pray for our offering. I'm very excited about this next season. Uh, we're headed into, I, 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 got, I got more things to say in future months as the trustees, we kind of work on the whole process of this new building. But all I know is that we're on a beautiful journey. It's coming soon. And uh, God's got a permanent place for us. And I'm so grateful and excited. And um, I wanna take just one with this closing prayer here as we pray over offering. And I wanna pray for that, this process again. And we'll pray over what we're giving. All right, Father, we love you today. Father, we thank you for this new space that you've given us. God, we thank you, Lord God, that what you're doing in this city, through this people, will have a permanent place very soon. And God, we ask your kingdom come, your will be done in Kansas City. God, use us as broken people that want God. We ask, Lord Jesus, be at work in a way that, that we can only say, God did that. God at work. So God, would you open doors? God, would you help us? God, would you be at work supernaturally? Take what we give. Use it to make a difference, God, as we go after young people, as we, as we want so desperately to be missionaries at the universities nearby, and the junior highs, and the high schools, and the elementaries, and the businesses, and the Walmarts, and the gas stations. God, use us to be a radiant people, shining bright, the joy of the Lord, the life of God. Even when we go through trials and difficulties and hardships, let us have supernatural rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say it again. Rejoice. Let it be true of us in Jesus' name. We give cheerfully and gladly and joyfully in Jesus' name.